Welcome back, everybody. This is Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated. We are joined by Pete Sampson of The Athletic. We are all completely back now from Stanford. Notre Dame's huge win over Stanford to finish the regular season 9-3. and We look ahead to the bowl destination, the potential of playing LSU. And this week, a couple days ago, Marcus Freeman said that um, he wanted to bring his staff back intact. 24 hours later, it was no longer intact. Chancey Stuckey is out as a wide receivers coach in Notre Dame. Yeah, if, I figured there'd be one offensive change, um, but it would be after the bowl. My guess was going to be Thielen McCullough taking a job. Um, but if I had to take a second guess, it would have been Chauncey Stuckey's gone. I did not think it'd be firing. I thought he would take a job too on the West Coast. Um, third guess would have been Jared Parker. Fourth guess probably would have been a weird firing. And here we are. Yeah, you got uh, the, the second guess and the fourth guess together somehow. Right, um, right. Yeah, it was, it's strange. It's um, not a great process look for the head coach to say what he said on Monday and then 24 hours later, jettison the receivers coach. Um, you know, so that sort of gets you to the, okay, we're in a position where Marcus Freeman actually didn't know that the receivers coach needed to be changed on Monday when he talked to us, or he did know, and he just said what he said for some reason that I can't quite fathom. I'm I'm hoping it's the second one. Me too. I it, hope it's, it's the second the, one as well. The first one would be very concerning to me that he just found out the receivers coach needed to change on Monday afternoon. Well, yeah, that that would be. I, I don't. I don't buy that as. No, I don't. I don't either. buy that. That's what it is. I don't. Yeah, believe it's just like this. This is a. I. I feel like as they say, there are three sides to every story. I think that we each of us have all heard all three uh, from various people that we talked to, and then some other sides as well. So it's <laughs> it's a situ- It's difficult to really get a handle on like this is what happened. This is why it happened. So, Pete, what you're saying is you shouldn't hear one side of a disgruntled story and only go with that one. Is that our obligation in the media? Oh, yeah, that's right. We are supposed to get both sides of the story. That's why I don't. And and you guys are saying the same thing. I've talked to other reporters like I don't know where I've ever been. Just I I don't know where to affix the blame. I mean, I've heard one side and the other and everything in between. So I, I, I I don't know. And of course, I don't think it's ever rarely is it just one side. And so. At this point, it, I mean, I'm not sure it really matters whether Marcus Freeman got upset and, and pulled the trigger or Chancey Stuckey doesn't communicate well enough. I mean, I, the one thing I don't think that we can say is his inability to develop wide receivers. I, we we just saw great progress with a bunch of young receivers, especially as the regular season was ending. Yeah, there's, there's a mixed bag there too, right? Like you saw three freshmen. Um, one of them do something I don't think anyone's ever done, not a necessity. Enrico Flores playing the most snaps. But you saw three freshmen develop, and you saw a sophomore not get much better. Tobias Merrill did not get much better than this previous season, other than he played 300 more snaps. That's that's how he got better. Um, and then Lorenzo Styles the year before, you could say regret. Well, you couldn't. You you absolutely, he did regress. I don't know if that's Chancey Stuckey's fault they regressed. Uh, Deion Colsey, I don't think Deion Colsey was going to become a top four Notre Dame wide receiver, no matter who you brought in as the wide receiver coach. Is that a fair assumption? He didn't have to yes. be numbers. He didn't have to be number six or seven, but I think he just needed somehow. It would be hard. It was more on Deion Colsey than any wide receiver coach. 
is how I would look at that. And I don't mean as a person, I mean, as a developing football player. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair to him, he played one game healthy and caught three passes on three targets and made a couple of plays and was like, Hey, that's he good. Must not yeah, have been he? high in the pecking order though, Tim, cause he played. No, he wasn't, snaps, no, he wasn't. based upon the preseason. He wasn't. Yeah. No, it's, and it's like the, I think the recruiting was excellent. Um, which if I'm hiring a wide receivers coach, not saying development is not important. I'm saying recruiting is even more important um, because you have to win with talent on the outside. Um, you know, I think that if you look at, we just looked at their freshman class as a four-man class with Flores, Great House, Braylon James, and Jordan Faison. Like, I think three of the four are hits. Um, yeah. yeah. Th- that's a great percentage. If next year's class with three guys – two of them hit, that would be a great percentage. Um, the, the problem for Notre Dame's receivers is like between 20, the 19 through 22 classes, Yes, I believe they signed nine wide receivers. And last season, those nine players caught 41 balls for Notre Dame. Seven of those were Xavier Watts interceptions. Um, it's just not a, it's not a good situation there. Um, it hasn't been for a while. I, you know, it's like, you can fix some of the blame for not Chancey Stucky, not speeding it up more than, uh, it was, but I, I don't know the, the receiver position overall feels like they were, they were behind when Chancey Stucky and Marcus Freeman got here. They were behind when the season started there, but now finally it feels like they're getting close to at least almost breaking even go when next season starts. We all agree. The timing of the firing was super strange. The firing was kind of strange. The fact that they were going to lose a position coach is not that weird. No, you had, to do, you had to change in some way on offense even if they all wanted to stay, you kind of had to change on some way in offense. Is that that's that's what I was trying to get at when I was trying to go through my four scenarios. You had to find a way to ch- make one change, and if that one way is like, yeah, I think you should take that lateral move because you just need to make a change with somebody, that would have been a way too. That's why I find this firing so. Get rid of the Monday press conference that did not have to happen. Right. This firing would still yeah. be weird, even if he didn't say everybody's intact. Does that make sense? Yeah, because he's. I feel like for the most part, coaches look out for one another. Like you don't want to be the coach who got fired. You want to like, oh, someone, so and so is moving to a lateral position. Like Mike Elston is going to Michigan from Notre Dame. Like, uh, you know, Brian Poling is going to LSU from Notre Dame. Like, I don't know if they would have had jobs here if, right, they could have come back. Like, I think coaches generally look out for one another, but. Um, in this case, that this just went a different way. As a reporter, <clears throat> you never want to say, I don't know if we'll ever know the true story behind this. Fans say that all the time, and I read it, and I'm like, well, you may th- you may think that way, but we don't think that way. But this is one. This I don't is, think we'll know by Friday. <laughs> yeah, this is one where I'm not sure that we'll know uh, exactly what happened. Well, uh, in, a, in a short amount of time, Nordame has had five players enter the transfer portal, not six, five, uh, Nano Safamensa. Tobias Merriweather, Aiden Kayana, or Kayana Aina, I'm sorry, my old pronunciation, Zeke Carell, and Chris Tyree. Tyree was the first, not a shock. I mean, I think knowing what a reasoned human being Chris Tyree is, you know that he thought it through very well. He's one of many quality slot receivers at Notre Dame. 
Uh, he's probably done most of what he could do at Notre Dame, certainly as a running back, and then now transitioning into receiver. I kind of kind of respect the decision that that he you know he wants to go out on his own. Zeke Carell was not asked back. Uh, Ashton Ashton Craig is the the center of the present and future. Keanu Ina, obviously he he was fortunate to be on the roster this year, and then Tobias Merriweather was not a uh, you know was was not a productive player throughout the season. And then Nano Safa Mensa, when we saw him crying on the field after senior day, you figured that it was over for him. And it's our understanding that Notre Dame decided to move on from him at that position. Yeah, I have an issue with moving on from a contributing 23-year-old lineman. If, now I don't know if this is true. If he Defensive will play, lineman. D- defensive lineman, sorry. Offensive lineman, you can only play five or six. Defensive lineman, if he will play a supporting role, or say all I want to do is compete first. I don't. I don't know that this is true. But if he will play at a supporting role and only want to compete for a starting role, you cannot have enough reserve defensive linemen if you think you're going to get a guy in the portal that's going to beat him out. You you can't. You absolutely cannot have enough Nano Asafa Mensas in reserve on your team because you can play nine guys at four positions or ten guys. Uh, it looks positions. like they're already looking at some <laughs> some transfer def- defensive linemen. Right, but they have to have them. They have to be better. And 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 you know what? They can be better, and you could still have Nano Asafa Mensa unless they said you will not start. He goes, I'm gone. That's a different thing. Of not, that's not my impression of how that transpired. Not, not me at all either. But then again, we don't have the full story on everybody. Just like. We don't have the full story on Tobias Merriweather. Tyree was the first one where I thought, and Pete and I talked about this for four straight months on this podcast. I don't know. He might go. He might stay. He might go. He might stay. He might go. He might stay. And when he left, I was like, oh, I kind of was hoping he would stay. Like, you just felt yeah. he might go the 50% the other way, and he didn't. Yeah, I think he would have been very good for that room. Um, it just It's like if he was an outside receiver, it would have been a crippling blow. He's a slot receiver, and they have other good slot receivers who are really coming on. Whether Great House phase on, um, you know, they they're not going to be hurting for that position. So, yeah, but I, I agree with O'Malley on Nana Safamets, especially because like he's a good locker room. Yes, guy, yeah, right. Like, like there's no drama involved with him. They've um, had bad locker room guys go that could have been returning graduate students in the last five years. He's the best locker room guy. We're told. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's by his position coach, by his coordinator, by his head coach. So it was a weird one for me. Who knows? Maybe he also wanted to play more, but he. Well, he was on the list of captain candidates this season. I mean, he was on a legitimate list of candidates. I realized that they only picked four. Yeah, I think if he was a better player, he would have been a captain. Like, Tim, I think if he was sure. as good as some well, of those guys, he, he, no, would, sure. he would be an obvious captain. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt about it. So bold destination, LSU. Everything's been pointing in that direction. I had an opportunity to uh, to watch quite a bit of film on them last night, and their offense is scary as hell, man. You got to be kidding me. Uh, we we realize that Jaden Jaden Daniels probably won't play, but when Daniels is on the field with those two wide receivers, Neighbors and, and Thomas, Neighbors is just <clears throat> you you for a split second you think you might have him fenced in, and that split second is gone. He is. He's tremendous. They've got a lot of pieces on offense, mainly in the passing game. They're god-awful on the defensive side of the ball. They've got players. You start to watch him to think, wow, that's a good athlete. He's pretty good. Then you see game after game when they're giving up 500, 600. They gave up 55 points and 706 yards to Mississippi. So, you know, they're they are they're really good in the passing game. They're pretty good in the running game. They're awful on defense. 
But LSU may not want to play Notre Dame Pete Sampson. Yeah, and I I don't know where this will shake out. Um, you know, we'll find out on on Sunday afternoon. But like it's I think that the the teams have at least a little bit of they can have an opinion. They don't necessarily have a vote on this kind of stuff. Um, I was talking to somebody at Notre Dame today and I was like, Do you guys get to, you know, have a say in, you know, whether it's Tampa or Orlando? And he's like, not really. You know, we have an we have a preference. Um, you know, the preference is but I think Notre Dame's preference is like to play as late as possible, opposed to a destination. Um, and January one is later, but I don't I don't know. It's like with LSU, I I I want to save the powder of the Brian Kelly Bowl for the college football playoff when everybody is on board, um, opposed to having to go through who's playing and who's not, um, which is this would definitely be a who's playing and who's not kind of bowl game. I do too. College football playoff is the best spot for it. As I said before our podcast, I'd be cool with a Fiesta Bowl matchup where, you know, the likes of Jaden Daniels wouldn't play, but you get a little bit more get a little bit more action going when it's a major six bowl in that situation. And those players want to attend um, Pete. I want to clarify something. It's the major six bowls where the schools really have almost no say nowadays, right? Yeah. The, the minor bowls, they can say, Hey, we would, we prefer X, Y, or Z. I don't know if they can, I'm sure they could stomp their feet and decline an invitation if they really wanted to, but um, I don't think that happens a whole lot. And I think for Notre Dame's point of view, like, you have to be a good teammate with the ACC. I think the ACC is already doing you a solid with these bowl bid tie-ins. Like, I don't think you want to like rock the boat too much with that. We have, of course, we want to talk about Riley Leonard here during this podcast. We're going to push that back to segment two, where we have lots and lots of questions and opinions about Riley Leonard. This first episode, or this first half of Irish Illustrated Insider has been brought to you by Underdog Sports. We see a lot of you are downloading Underdog using the promo code and having fun, which we love to see. If you haven't already checked them out, be sure to do so. It's super easy to use. You go on the app, pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total than what is listed. For example, if Travis Kelsey's numbers are set at 50 yards and you know Taylor Swift is in the house, you may feel confident he's going to be way higher than that number. Do that with two to five different players and you're in business. If you go five for five, you can multiply your money times 20. So sign up today with promo code IRISH and get your first deposit double up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with my promo code IRISH to get your first deposit double up to $100. There are a lot of fantasy companies out there, but we have decided to partner with Underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. You must be 18 or older and present in the state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Second segment coming up, burning up the boards. If you're coming to a game this season, you have to check out Game Day Your Way, the official tailgate service provider of Notre Dame. Game Day Your Way offers everything you need, including tailgate gear, catering, and even beverage delivery right to your spot. And their Irish Express transportation from Chicago allows you to tailgate while you travel to their all-inclusive party zone in South Bend. Let Game Day deal with all the hassle so you can focus on the fun. For tailgates, tickets, transportation, and more, visit GameDayYourWay.com. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to segment two, Burning Up the Boards. Our first question is from CR Lewis 80 with Riley Leonard getting a crystal ball to Notre Dame from Tom Loy. How much do you think Sam Hartman's influence played in the potential of him joining Notre Dame? Uh, it's my understanding, not very much. Yeah, this is this is a uh, money talks situation. And I think Notre Dame is investing again in their quarterback. Um, that's going to be Riley Leonard after it was Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman came to Notre Dame because Notre Dame invested in Sam Hartman. So that, I don't think that Sam Hartman's, I mean, it's a, it's a good proof of concept situation. If you're like, you can come here and make all this money, um, which Sam Hartman did, but I don't, I don't think Sam Hartman's uh, success or failure as a quarterback, which there was a quite a bit of both, um, or certainly his NFL draft development, like the hijack the question, but like did Sam Hartman improve his draft stock in his one year at Notre Dame? No, but no, I, I think, don't think he did. If anything, I, lowered it. I think Pete's other point though, maybe undersold it a little. I think proof of concept was very high because Sam Hartman was like a national darling for. Yeah. So I think but, Riley Leonard saw that and that's the thing, yeah. but I don't think Sam Hartman himself did anything to influence Riley Leonard? No, just because he went up and talked to him at the end of the Duke game. I don't think had a lot to do with this. <laughs> Great memes coming out about that, though. Have you seen the one? Oh, the God, yeah. There's oh, a, lot, yeah, they're good. a lot happening. Yeah, I, you know, I I think sometimes we are our perception of how things are influenced. And I'm and I'm saying that in addition to our the next question that we're going to get to. Um, you know, I mean, it's it, what what Sam Hartman wanted, what Riley Leonard wanted individually in their careers. I, you know, I, I don't know for sure whether whether Sam Hartman encouraged them or discouraged them, but um, I think ultimately it comes down to Riley Leonard seeing an opportunity at the University of Notre Dame that that he wanted. Uh, you know, he's from Alabama. Um, I'm not he's, sure he's good. Enough. He's not good enough to play for Nick Saban, probably. But um, yeah, I, I think I think this was an individual decision. I don't think Sam Hartman influenced him one way or another. Um, I'm more impressed with Riley Leonard's decision-making now because not only did he decide not to go play for Alabama and try to play for Nick Saban as a quarterback, but he decided not to play against him either. That's a bad call. You go to yeah, Auburn. That yeah that's the decision here was Notre Dame or Auburn. Or well, Riley I Leonard. mean, Pete, every once in a while, random people end up quarterbacking Alabama. We have no idea why. So maybe Riley Leonard could have tried it, but you never yeah. know. Well, we don't know of any, you know, any put uh, Tyler Buckner was invited to come to Alabama. We don't know if Riley Leonard was or not. So that may, may tell you a little something there that th here's what I'm referencing. And it, it's a question from Sankey 72. And it is, is it safe to believe certain players like Howard cross third, Riley Mills, Jack Kaiser, et cetera, would hold off on making a decision to return until they see what type of players Nordame is bringing in from the transfer portal, a wait and see approach to really determine how much of, of a contender for a title run Notre Dame will be. My point being, I, I, you know, there's only a handful of teams that make title runs and I, I don't, 
players look for what's best for them individually more than they do looking for title runs. I re- I believe yeah. that. I think almost 0% of what players are coming back is what people like would look at cross mills and Kaiser. I think there is a percentage. I don't know what to put on it of strength and conditioning coach, the new strength and conditioning coach and Al golden um, coming back from those guys. I'm sure they'd love to play for Al golden for another year because it would be year three, especially Kaiser as a position player. And um, in other situations, your head coach, I mean, you, you would want to know if Marcus Freeman's coming back. If you're these guys, I don't think they care if it's a player. Yeah, I think that there are some exceptions there. Like if Jack Kaiser, Jack Kaiser wants to know, okay, what's going to be in front of me on the defensive line if I'm playing inside linebacker? Of course, for 500 snaps, um, Jack Kaiser and Riley Mills are close. Um, I don't think that one's going to make a decision because of the other one, but it, I think it helps in some way. Um, but I like I think a wait and see approach. There's no rush on any of this. Um, if you're like, I know the transfer portal opens next week, but you don't have to run into it unless you're running away from something at Notre Dame. And I don't think the, you know, cross mills and Kaiser are like rock solid individuals that are not run. They're, if they leave Notre Dame, it's not going to be because they're running away from something. Um, so that they, I think a wait and see approach fits with those three guys because they're really smart and like calculating and like bright. Um, and are not going to make an emotional decision. Yeah, I think like Jack Kaiser's decision is more upon how many snaps can I get as opposed to is this going to be a national championship right ending team? I, I don't. Well, first of all, I know Notre Dame's schedule relents a little bit next year, but I <clears throat> it's hard for me to think in terms of of playoff run next year. Howard Cross wants another degree from Notre Dame. Jack Kaiser wants the playing time. Riley Mills is going to get the playing time. It's a decision as to whether he's ready for the NFL or not. So, And I think with, with Mills, something particular to him is he would like to get third down work. Like I think his audition for the NFL can still be enhanced by playing college football if he's on the field on third and 10, which he was not last year. So there's, there's an opportunity there for Notre Dame to serve the player while also serving itself. Um, if you were, if you can convince yeah. Mills to come back. And, and and that's my point that I think these decisions are more individual decisions than yeah. they are. Hey, we got now, if Nordame was, you know, if it was 1993 and they had that team coming back, yeah, maybe you look at it and say, Hey, we got a shot at this, but I think these are, these are more individual decisions than they are. I don't think, I don't think any of those three are going to look at, what's what what did Notre Dame do in the portal how much better are we because of that I think it's more it's an individual call I think uh you make a good point about 93 because go to the flip side Darius Walker made a decision because of what was coming back to Notre Dame he had no shot at success that's true so he he left Mm -hmm. Josh Adams made a decision because of his knees or his knee they had a lot coming back in 2018 you could see very goodness if not greatness coming back in 2018 I thought it was good. It was a good question by Sankey. Yeah, Seth. very good. Just trying to just trying to put some clarity on it. Question from Indy Bass, two thousand one. Sell us on Riley Leonard. He was bad throwing against good teams in twenty three. Most of his passing stats happened against Northwestern, UConn, and Lafayette. He had moments mostly against bad defenses in twenty two. Why should we believe he can lead Notre Dame to a playoff appearance? You don't have to believe he can lead Notre Dame to a playoff appearance. <laughs> 
I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. But this isn't a Tim. Tim Sayer line from before the. Well, it's not. No, the choice is not between Riley Leonard and a and a potential Heisman Trophy candidate. The choice is between Riley Leonard and Steve Angeli. I think that's why they're going out in the portal. Right. That's the most cogent way to look at it. It's like it's. It there's not. I I think that some people think that Notre Dame's going to go into the portal and find Trevor Lawrence. Like that's just not happening. Oh, that would be so fun if that happened. Yeah, it really would. But <laughs> that'd be a good thing for Notre yeah, Dame. Yeah, this <laughs> this is where I mean Marcus Freeman has I think been very upfront on this, and I think he, we can all take it it's at face value. If he can find a way to enhance his roster, he will do it. Um, yes, it doesn't. It doesn't need to be where we are two star at this position and now we're five star it could just be we were three and a half star and now we're four star but it's the most important position on the field so that's an enhancement and i do this is a tangent and we should we're just going to get asked this question a hundred times so i shouldn't have blown it up i'm sorry if people are worried about someone transferring don't you think the coaches have thought of that it's not like marcus freeman gino and jared parker going Holy cow, we brought in a grad transfer and one of our backups decided to transfer? I thought for sure we we're going to have four guys in this room. I can't believe this happened, man. No, I well, I mean, look, can you imagine what a coaching staff has to do on a daily basis? You're constantly looking at the roster. Okay, now you find out that this guy may leave. It, it's a constant view of the roster. I don't even know. I don't know that I have the mind to figure out you know, the balance as you move forward day to day with your roster, it's, it's really hard. I, I like Will Howard from Kansas state, but he's not an option. I like Michael Pratt from Tulane. Yes. Apparently he's not an option. Well, so, I think my, my understanding is Will maybe, Howard was an option and they, they just, they prefer Riley Leonard. I'm not sure that I'm not sure how to come to grips with that. I mean, he's clearly a better, he's clearly a better runner. I mean, I think they all have, they all have their assets. They like him better than Michael Pratt. I don't think Michael Pratt's an option. That that's okay. All right. So they took okay. They chose right. <laughs> they chose Riley Lennon over Will Howard. I don't know. I think it's close. I like the way I like the way Will Howard handles himself. He's 6'5", 242, and he runs really, really well. Riley uh, Leonard runs great. Riley Leonard runs great. He's oh, he runs great. No, they I, they I, seem very very comparable players to me. Um, Howard and Leonard, like, I think that you can build an offense around both of them. It's just, it's a, but it's a different offense than what Notre Dame ran last year, which is like a, a probably a topic for next week's podcast. But then, but then you would say, then, then we would be saying, Will Howard, geez, he's playing in the Big 12 against those defenses. How can we, he only completed, I want to say 58%. And again, uh, I would put, I would say that he's playing against the Big 12 is more impressive to me than ripping up the ACC Coastal. <laughs> you like that coastal division, don't coastal, you? It's, it makes it yeah. sound so derogatory when you make it the coastal part. Like there was no. Did he never play well? It is. It, it's meant well to sound that way. <laughs> Spit out the word coastal. Yes. <laughs> did he play well against the uh, ACC Atlantic or whatever the old division was called? Was there? Uh, no, he didn't. That's a powerful league. That because Clemson like was SEC, in it. Like All the right. SEC West. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, Will, Will Howard played at Texas this year. He was 26 of 41 for 327, four touchdowns, one pick, and a 33-30 overtime loss. Like, that's like that's a, the kind of game that he's played in that I just don't, like, Riley Leonard, I guess you could say he played it against Notre Dame, but, like, he didn't 
didn't play well. well I, I mean, I, I'll agree with you. Riley Leonard didn't play against a whole hell of a lot of good teams. Yeah. No, but if you want to be sold on Riley Leonard, he is tough as nails. He can help them win the Texas A&M game in Kyle Field starting the season. And 100%. he can help your offense move the football at a greater rate than it moved it this year, which we will get to in a later well, question. But as Tim said, he is not. The other option is not the Heisman Trophy runner-up. It's not. It's not wish upon a star here. It, it's it's it, it's football, re- and you you get the you get the best guy that you can get. Now imagine what people would be saying if we were sitting here talking about Michael Pratt and he played against South Alabama, Southern Miss, Nichols, Nichols State, UAB, North Texas, Rice East. It's like the Sun Belt. It's like the Sun Belt Coastal right there. Do they have divisions. It's a different coast. Yeah, it's a different coast. All right, so Tim O'Malley, sell us on Riley Leonard. I did. I think he is tough as nails. I think he'll run great. He'll be a good leader on the field. He's gritty. Um, he he has moxie. Does he have any moxie? He doesn't have enough moxie for me right now. But no, he does have okay. moxie. Uh, he probably won't fumble when he runs. Um, right. uh, unfortunately, Riley Leonard on no play action pass concepts threw seventeen touchdowns and three picks, and with play action pass, he threw three touchdowns and three picks. So. Everybody's dream of play action pass is out the window again next year. It's over. You mean he's not he's not he's not perfect? He, so the passing charts are pretty close um between Leonard at 2022, of course, not his injured year, and Cam Ward, who we haven't really gotten into that much. Um they also eerily resemble uh Drew Pine, his final year. Yeah, I you know, Ward's pretty dynamic, but I think he's a little erratic and i guess that's what we're saying about these guys too but you're not going to get no trevor lawrence isn't walking through the door uh, i got one more selling point i did not i do not think playing against riley leonard is something a defensive coordinator wants to do uh, i i totally totally agree with that you know the thing is i mean i watched him in the, i watched him in may june july and then in preparation for the game and it was like man you don't really want to face this guy you yes, just, that's how that's how I feel about it. Like, just yeah, like, I mean, you problem. dig deeper, yeah. and I understand the I understand the uh, completion percentage. I, I I don't look. The kid was hurt against Florida State, and was it Louisville? I think it's Louisville. Yes, the, yeah, for, and, and he played, and his numbers were horrible. And so you look at his numbers and say, well, why would they? Well, yeah, I would just like dismiss. Like, I did. I don't know if you guys watched the Florida State game. I I distinctly remember watching it and thinking, like, holy crap, this guy is tough as hell. Um, yeah. and was kind of willing them to stay. Like, their defense also played really well, but um, just was doing enough to will them to stay in the game. Um, which like he kind of did a little bit against Notre Dame. Um, even though he was what. 12 of 27 yeah, um, but he rushed for 88 yards. And that largely is what kept them in the game. As yeah. He just is like, I think he's somebody that will keep Notre Dame in every game. Um, which isn't to say that he's good enough to win every game. Like I, I thought that Sam Hartman would, would win games on his own against Notre Dame and it would be for Notre Dame. It would be obvious why that didn't really happen. Um, Riley Leonard feels like, I don't know, like Ian Book with another like four inches taller, um, like just just knows how to play. Like, and we're like we're just throwing out statistics because that's what we do. But like, you just watch him play. It's kind of hard to quantify well, why he's as good as he is. Um, that, if I could, I mean, that, that's exactly what I wrote down to this question. It said, "Sell us on Riley Leonard," 
And the first thing I wrote down was watch him play. Yeah. That, that's exactly it. Watch him play. I realize the competition isn't great. And as soon as he stumbles against a good team, and there are less of those on next year's schedule, um, that's what <laughs> he said. But watch him play. When I watched him play for the six months leading up to, to the Notre Dame game, it was a guy that you didn't want to face. You were concerned about. He made a receiving core very good. We considered that to be a good receiving core, largely because he was the one throwing them to football. I think, I mean, I agree with everything you just said. And I was the one that said, I think, he, you know, what do we want to face him as a coordinator? If you're a Notre Dame fan that is looking for the quarterback and offense to bring you into the era where not everything is so hard to go down and score a touchdown, I don't think they have found that for 2024 in Riley Leonard. You know how it's difficult to score if you're Notre Dame? Like, I'm, like it's like it's pulling teeth sometimes to execute everything. Anytime a coordinator says there's one missed block that killed us, the one missed block that kills you every single week shouldn't limit you to 14. Is that <laughs> it's a true. fairest way to say it? Like, I, I no, can't think true. of another way of saying this, that like sometimes it's like when you can't have any fast breaks in basketball. If we rotate the ball six times with 12 good back cuts, I guarantee you will get a good shot. We just have to hit it. Or it's a steal and a dunk 12 times a game. And there's 24 points. By the way, when does uh, when does your basketball coaching season begin? <laughs> am, I, am I looking for a, do I have a Riley Leonard coming in? It's girls basketball. So I don't think I have the coaches. Well, there could be one coach's daughter coming up. Okay. We're going to, we're going to kind of hop among uh, Riley Leonard questions and we're going to jump to UND Clancy. And that is what is the status on Notre Dame right tackle Blake Fisher? I still think he's going to leave for the NFL. I don't have new status have- though. I he is one of the players I have on mobile alerts on my phone for right, Instagram I, posts and tweets. I have a chart I explained to the podcast crew here. My chart of 36 has 36 names in italics, and many of them are bolded. Bolded means I think they will leave. Chris I Chris Tyree was just in italics. Blake Fisher is bolded on italics. Uh, Tobias Merriweather was bolded in italics. I think he's determined to go to the NFL. I think the whole Joel Alt thing wore on him in in a way that he was, uh, whether fair or not, or done intentionally or not, was always, it was always, is he as good as Joel Alt? Or he was, certainly in the beginning, they were placed together. And then Joel Alt became an All-American. And that probably... um, you know, led Blake Fisher to feel like he wasn't keeping up with him or he had to do something to keep up with him. We He wants to go to the NFL. He wants to go to the NFL. I mean, just when Audrey Kestame said, I wanted to go out with my guys that came in, like with Joe Alt and Blake Fisher. I was like, Ooh, there's another comment right there. <laughs> yeah, that'll you'll file that one away. Uh, question from KJM06D. Assuming Riley Leonard is the quarterback for 2024, do we see a different style of offense under Jared Parker? I asked because Sam Hartman had to learn a different style of offense that he ran at Wake Forest as opposed to using several of his strengths at Notre Dame. I don't think a huge change would be coming. Um, it was some time, and I did, I did look up play action on purpose to see if the, he excelled at play action. But, I mean, I guess we're taking pro football focus at his word here with play action, no play action, but it sure is stark. No play action pass, 17 touchdowns, three picks, play action pass, three touchdowns, three picks. I guess they just didn't run enough play action pass at Duke either. So that 
could be blamed on the offensive coordinator, the head coach, who's a trillionaire now, and the uh, offensive analyst who everybody loves. Uh, I mean, look, it, Riley Leonard, the offense can be totally different because when he does zone read concepts, he keeps the ball. We just thought Sam Hartman would keep the ball too and run a little bit. He too. did not keep it one time. I know, but we thought he would. Yeah, but he didn't. <laughs> like we never thought, of course, we never thought he'd do it like Ian Book, but we thought he'd do it more. Riley Leonard gives you gives you that Ian Book dimension only with more length, and that more length allows him to to chew up ground even more. I I think, I think even more that, than Ian Book, whole, Tim. Pardon me? I think a lot more than Ian Book because Ian Book got a lot of yards out of scrambling. He was the best scrambler you'll see. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Okay. So yeah. they can do more design read option. And that's where he, he ran for 700 yards last year. And, and that's what book would do. And that's a, that's a significant portion of your offense. So from that standpoint, you know, people will be happy to hear this. Jared Parker will have more, he'll have more from which to choose because of his ability to run the football. I guess I meant they're not going to spread it out and go throwing the ball like Washington does because I now agree. they have a quarterback like Bradley Leonard. Yeah. I agree with you. We follow up with another question from A. Olson33. If 2022 Sam Hartman was available in the portal this year, are you taking him or Riley Leonard? Hartman. Without, the, Hartman. Benefit, without the benefit of hindsight, of course. Yeah, I mean, the Hartman that we thought coming into 2022, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, even yeah, though... Although he, he did, uh, you know, in 2021, what did Hartman ran? He run for, he, he ran for, he ran a lot. Uh, he did not want to run it. I mean, it was obvious from the very beginning. He did not want to run at Notre Dame and, and only really got tough when he had to. Yeah. So that's universal, right? We're on the same Hartman. Oh yeah. No, I think that the, when they <laughs> landed Sam Hartman last year, like that was a momentous moment for the season like this when they when riley leonard announces for notre dame it'll be very important but like like at the athletic we'll sort of do like a top 50 transfer uh rankings where you know bruce feldman or max olson i mean they're talking to people on these staffs about who they like and and how much sam hartman was our number one quarterback riley leonard i don't think will be no Uh, is, is he a bigger catch than uh so somebody was hinting on our on our board about listing the value of the the transfers and Tobias Merriweather was ahead of Riley Leonard. So Wait, I think I, I think things like that. I think I put it on the thread. I really believe it's kind of like this. Not to compare this to Phil Steele, you know, Phil Steele has very highly touted, and they're still very highly touted going into their senior year, whether they've played or not. And I th- I think that goes into his rankings, like because those guys could become good. Javon yeah. McKinley would be an example. Oh, okay. so does. Based, yeah. I think he's the four star that they okay. saw as a junior that went into the portal. All right. Well, that's um, fair. If not, it may not be accurate, but that's fair. Yeah. I, get that. I have uh, I want to give you guys a quick stat here, though, and bear with me for the bad radio. So guess I pull up three guys real fast. OK. Yards after contact. Would you guys agree that uh, Ian Book's best year is 2020, probably even though I played one fewer game? Uh, I mean. I'll go, to, I'll go to a better year because he had to play Alabama and Clemson twice. So that's not fair because you're you're playing against <laughs> you yeah. can play against Wake Forest or Alabama and Clemson twice. Okay. So yards after contact. Riley Leonard in his best year, obviously, is 2022. He had 377 yards after contact rushing the ball. Ian Book had 264, and Sam Hartman had 360. 
<laughs> Sam Hartman had 360 yards after contact with four yards per carry after contact, more than Leonard or Book when he was at Wake Forest in his best year in 2020. I, I call, I, call false I can't even stats. fathom I, that happening when I look I call, at it. I call statistical error. <laughs> That's insane. That doesn't, that doesn't, that can't. I'm be reading right. it. <laughs> just well, I, I, I understand you're reading it, but it can't be right. Pete, was he in the coastal or the Atlantic? I don't keep track of those. Coastal. <laughs> he was in the coastal. The coastal, okay. Coastal. <laughs> it takes away so much of the panache when you're coming from the coastal. It really place. does. All right. I think, those teams. I think we're done with Ryan and Leonard questions because yeah. we know for sure that he absolutely is positively coming to Notre Dame. Got a pretty good idea, though. Question from N. Jeffers. If Notre Dame goes with Mike Brown as the wide receiver coach, what is your level of concern about Marcus Freeman's proclivity for hiring only guys he's worked with, which given his age and experience is pretty is a pretty small circle? I mean, I, I there is the uh, you hire guys with you work with because you know that they are good or not good or can trust them. I would be. I would think there could be maybe a better. Shot. In terms of wide receiver recruiting in the future, as Pete says, than that higher. Yeah, I'd, I would say minimal. Um, you know, like like every receivers coach you are going to interview for this job, there's going to be like a resume line of a player he developed, yeah, who was like a three star that turned out to be an NFL draft pick, and at Cincinnati, they, I mean, they had that faucet on all time. Alec Pierce was really, really good, turned into a pro prospect. So, I don't, I don't have a huge concern about it. Um, Mike Brown has quite a bit He's of experience. Well. Like, look, if they if they end up with Jamarcus Shepard the second time around, that'd be great. Um, but I just the number of quality wide receiver coaches out there is a long, long list. Um, so I, I think that Notre Dame will do fine here. Do we know do we have a percentage of like all the other power five schools and who they hire and what their co- previous connection is with with that coach? No, but I got a good question for you to flip this. Before the season starts, do you want Mike Brown as your wide receiver coach or Chancey Stuckey? Chancey Stuckey. Well, but that's not an option. So I, what's your no. point? Well, what well, was an option? <laughs> just, this isn't oh, like the Heisman okay. Trophy winner. Who oh, really well, is I've, 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 I know. I've already turned the page. He's okay. not. He's not the, I would say like one guy that is would be interesting to me, and I don't know if he would do it, but like, do you call Daryl Hazel? And see, hey, you've been out of coaching for a minute, former head coach, back to Ohio State with him, um, more experience, um, maybe a sounding board for Jared Parker. They work together at Purdue, you know, so, you know, it's like you're bringing in somebody with a better resume and who could be a sounding board for you as an older coach, I don't know if that would work. I don't know if it would be interested. It'd just be something that I would at least consider. Well, then, it, but then it would be criticized because it's a, it's a coach that's no longer, he's not working now. Is that correct? Yeah, I think he is retired. Okay, Well, but it would be a guy that clearly Marcus Freeman has history with. And so that would be deemed. A, a, see, I don't, having been in coaching, a, of course you want to surround yourself with people you're familiar with. You, you, and I understand that you need to cast a, a wide net. I, I I get that, but that doesn't casting the wide net doesn't mean that the guy. I mean, you you have a track record with somebody else. You know that you can trust. Notre Dame had no track record with Chancey Stuckey. 
They fired him after two years. I, I and again, I'm not saying Stucky did anything wrong. I we don't know the answer to that, but I just I think that this is overplayed because I think throughout all of coaching, there's a, a an extreme tendency to look at the people that you've worked with before because you know their body of work, you know their personalities, you know whether you can you know, go to, go to war with them. I, I think those are all assets that, that you try to tap into. Isn't that, I mean, kind of interesting though, like Marcus Freeman didn't have an action with Al Golden. And then last year, Marcus Freeman tried to hire Colin Klein and Andy Ludwig, who he didn't have any connection with. So I think that's like why I don't, I'm not too concerned about the only hires people he has worked with before, because he's shown based on his pursuit of other coaches, at least yeah, that he's will, he's willing to, to look around to open up sort of um you know his idea of like what can fit at Notre Dame and um it does it doesn't have to be somebody he's worked with. I I think that if I was cons- if I was a fan, if I was Andy Jeffers here, that part of the Freeman experience would give me more confidence that he will make a good hire here, whether he's worked with the guy or not. He's saying this so it's probably a veiled Jared Parker question. Could be, yeah. No, I mean, and I understand why he hired Jared Parker too, and that was a right, total right. familiarity hire. But he was hired as tight ends coach. Yeah, uh, he had no. He, I guess he worked with O'Leary for. Well, yeah. O'Leary was there. I mean, uh, you know, O'Leary and Mickens were there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's Washington a, that, that's was a, a familiarity right. hire. No, I, but, it, I mean, it, I, uh, Washington was at Ohio State and Michigan. No, I get it. I mean, I, I get that the majority of of it is familiarity hires. My question is, do we know, like, go across the country in the Power Five conferences, do we know how many head coaches have assistant coaches that they have familiarity with previously? Until I know Nick Saban's know, offensive coordinator we, to work with him. I mean, until we know that, then you're just complaining about Notre Dame without any basis to compare it to what the rest of college football is doing. Priester, you're you're on it. You can look up all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. That's off season now. Yeah. When I'm done uh, watching, I'm watching LSU film. <laughs> uh, question from Kaiser Wilhelm: There have been cases at other schools where players have entered the portal and then withdrawn their name and have been welcomed back with open arms. Are there any realistic candidates for that sort of decision this off season? Again, there are only five guys so far that have put their name in a portal. I mean, if they told two. No, thank you. You have to knock them out of consideration. So Tyree would be the one that you would consider. That's the only one that I would think. Yeah. And and it's, I mean, last year when Buckner hopped in, it was, all right, you're welcome back if you want to come back. Um, So I I don't think that it's auto. I don't think Freeman takes all of these as like, you're in the portal. You're dead to me. Um, You just have to make sure you communicate it the right way. But Tyree would be the one be like, oh, uh, would you be interested in coming back? If you don't, if you look around and like, maybe there's just not a good spot for you. I don't, I don't know. I think that Tyree will find a good spot, maybe in the ACC coastal where he can uh, put up some big numbers, but uh, I don't know. It's just free reign apparently to run around and do anything you want. (laughs) Willy nilly. One thing that I know is like shortly after this podcast, I am going to know name for name. Who's in the ACC Coastal? Act now because it is it's it over. ends yeah. this weekend. This is, yeah, this is your last chance. I know. <laughs> oh, boy. Golden by name brings me up. At the beginning of the season, O'Malley gave a prediction that 2024 price and love 
would be better than the 2021 combination of Diggs and Estime. How do you feel about that prediction now that the regular season is complete? How do you feel about that, Tim? A little less because Love and Price did not end up um, accelerating their pace after midseason when I thought they would. I want to be clear that 2021 Diggs and Estime is not 2023 Audric Estime. I want to point that out, please. No, but that is not what we're looking at. Um, yeah. And actually, it's supposed to be 2022 Diggs and Estime. Uh, Kyron was 2021. But yeah, I uh, I still like Price and Love. I didn't like what I saw from Price at the end of the year with the pass blocking and I mean, the fumble he got drilled, I guess. But I really thought they'd get the ball more. In fact, I think I spent two separate pregame incident analysis saying I thought those two would get the ball more to supplement Estime because, you know, Nordin doesn't throw very well. So I thought they could be involved more in the running game, the short passing game. I don't know about Price. Um, I thought his his season didn't go the way that I thought it would have. Um, I think Love could be freaking phenomenal here. Yeah, well, I do too. I mean, but when you the speed at here. which he hits the hole is different than any other back on the team, Audric Estime included. So i I don't know if that combo will be better than Diggs Estime in twenty one, but they might be. Um, and I, it would not surprise me if Love put up ridiculous numbers, maybe not next year, but his junior year is a huge, huge season. I, I, yeah, think, I, love, I think Jeremiah Love's going to be great. I'm just saying 2024, these two, I'm not sure they will quite get there, but I wouldn't back off it completely. I'm just a little concerned how Price this year went. Well, I think we have to remember the Price was coming off of a, an, an Achilles and the fact that he... No doubt was able to give him the contributions that he did and, and has been able uh, thus far to get through this po- portion of the season. Healthy is huge. I look, that's the whole Eli Raritan thing, man. Just get through the season, get through three, spring practice and get to the summer. And I, I think we're going to see, we are going to see a, a better version of Jadarian Price. I agree about Jeremiah Love, but he's got to get stronger. He does get bounced around a lot because he's a true freshman that, you know, he's not a power back. He never was. That's not who he is. So um, I think it's a great combination moving forward. And I think both of them will, I think we'll see a, a much, a much more physically developed pair in, in price and love uh, next year. Jabron Payne, Jabron Payne gave, provided more than we probably ever expected him to, right? Yes, yeah, he had, a, he had a role and I thought he overall played it very well. He yeah. led the team by a very wide margin in third down conversions by a wide, yeah. wide margin. Yeah. Well, Doubled up given, estimate easily. He was given, he was given opportunities and, and he, he was able to capitalize on most of those. I will things. say four backs coming back. Am I wrong about that? Four backs coming back without estimate uh, Two coming in. Not all six will be on the team, obviously. So we can talk about running backs as much as we want, but you're not going to have six. And those two freshmen will be on the team. Yes. Yes. And you will be tracking Aeneas Williams handoff per handoff. Last question from Matthew W. J. Bowles. Wait, Matthew J. Bowles. Who do you expect to sit out the bowl game? Who will start in those spots? By the way, he is not related to Tony Bowles, the Michigan runner. When I said it the first time in the podcast, he let me know on Twitter. There you go, Tim. He was listening. That's good. All right. I think Alt, Fisher, Estime, and Hart will sit out. And maybe, and I think one more player will sit out. Um. And I think Wagner, Baker, Love with and Christian Gray. Wait, 
No, I think Mickey will start because he is the backup to Hart. And that's a very bad coaching move if you catch my drift when the portal's open, if he doesn't start the game. Uh, Yeah, I, I would agree with all that. Baker Wagner will start it at tackle. Don't want to uh, play LSU? I, you know, I man, you better get Christian Gray in there. <laughs> and he'll play a ton, right? He'll play a ton. Yeah, he'll play a ton. It's a tough matchup. It is a, and I know that when I was saying I want Notre Dame to play LSU, I get it. I want, I want the greatest challenge because it, it provides the greatest reward. But man, that is, I, I, I don't, you know. And it's 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 great on great. It's it's LSU. It's LSU on offense, and uh, on the defensive side, of Notre Dame is tremendous. But I it you tend to I, and you see this in the SEC a lot when it's great offense against great defense. I take the great offense because it's just so extreme. And I and I you know we're probably not going to see Jaden Daniels, so that changes it. You lose the running aspect of it, which he is just. Absolutely, a sensational football player. His running ability, his 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 cutting ability. Uh, I want to take some. I want to take something back. I misspoke. I don't think Joel will sit out the bowl game. I don't. I don't think he is. I don't think he will either. Hmm. Baker would start in his place if he did. I, I, I if we're doing the uh, wager on who sits out the bowl game, I still say five people will sit out the bowl game that started, but Joel will not be one of them. I think all will play. Unless, I mean, that goes out the window if you get to some weird team that doesn't matter at all whatsoever and all that kind of stuff. But if it's LSU and the Relia Quest Bowl, I think Joel will play. Pete, final thoughts? I'm just going to keep agreeing with O'Malley on this one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Italics and bold italics. Just see this big chart. Yeah, I uh, I, I want Notre Dame to be in the Relia Quest Bowl, whether it's Tennessee or LSU. I think both would be very entertaining. One of them for reasons that have nothing to do uh, with the players on the field themselves. But um, I, I'm still like, if Notre Dame can get to get to ten wins, I don't, you know, is it? It's still significant. Um, I don't know if it's like the end all be all of like this season. Definitely was a huge step forward. But um, I think we all sort of feel the same way coming out of Stanford, like. The season was a step forward that could have been a stride, and it and it wasn't. But by winning a bowl game, you you kind of push the ball forward a little bit. We'll be back on Monday, December fourth. Of course, at that at that point, we will we can stop speculating about where Nording is going and who they'll be playing. We'll know that on Sunday. Uh, until then, this has been Irish Illustrated Insider. Thanks for joining us. We can, you can read and hear everything that comes out of Irish Illustrated on IrishIllustrated.com. Thanks for joining us until next week.